Life Audio. This week, we've been talking about the Lazarus story and the miracle that Jesus performed on his behalf. And I think the tragedy about the miraculous is that we don't talk about it enough in our churches. Or even when we do talk about it, it's either dismissed in such a way that we don't really think about it in terms of our own lives, or we don't realize that we have a part to play. So we're going to talk about that today and more. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today is day five of our devotional content on Martha. And again, this content is just devotional thoughts that are pulled from the larger She Hears Bible Study. You can get a copy of that either on my website or anywhere books are sold. Uh, Christian bookstores is my preference. But I want to finish up this week with this understanding that this has been a heavy week. And I think I told you in the beginning, this was the hardest week for me to write. This was the hardest narrative for me to study and write because I see so much of myself in the story of Martha. And so we're going to continue and wrap it up today. And again, we're reading from John chapter 11. Our text is from verses 1 through 44. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read the end part of it because uh, that's the focus of our study today. It says, Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, He was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? So Jesus, again being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound 
hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. There was a time in my life where I was in another country, an African country, and we had gone down into this fishing village. And you probably have heard me tell this story before, but I'm going to just briefly share it again. Um, there was a young man that was brought to us that um, in that culture, if anybody had any kind of special need, um, they were basically put out of the house because in that culture where we were working, it's a shame on our culture. And if somebody is um, deformed or has any kind of special need, they consider that to be a curse and they don't want that curse to fall on the rest of the family. And so often what you will see is children that have no home because they've been cast out of the family. And so we were in a village, we were down near the lake and there was a young man that was brought to us who had been living in this decrepit old broken fishing boat. And I mean, it wasn't, it didn't float or anything, but that was where he was living. And his friend brought him to us and his friend said to us, you know, this is my friend. He, he does not speak and he cannot hear. Can you pray for him? And the belief of the people in that village was is if we as Americans came all this way to this remote village in Africa, there was a reason. And if the reason is that we're trying to share this gospel message and we speak about this Bible that talks about the miraculous that Jesus does, then certainly we have access to what we say we have access to, which is that same resurrection power. And so I had not been put in many of those situations before, ever, really. I mean, in the American church, we just didn't see those kinds of things. And so they bring this young man in front of us. He's about 17, I think. And um, they say, okay, pray for him to be healed. And so the group I was with, they looked at me and they said, okay, pray for him to be healed. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never, like, certainly I believe that God could heal, but did he still heal? I don't, I don't know. And I, um, really had never seen that before. I had never seen it. You know, I had certainly heard about it, but I just thought I was not the person for the job. And, um, as we prayed for him, um, long story short is he was healed that day. And then additionally, there was a lot of other people that were healed in that village that day. And because he was healed, um, he, for the first time ever spoke first time ever in his life, he spoke and he could hear. And so he was healed of deafness and blindness. And I think I have this, I unpack this story in a different podcast episode. So I don't want to take up too much time. But my point is, is his name was Philip. After that healing, we had to arrange for him to have like a speech therapist because even though he was healed and he now had a voice, he had never spoken ever in his life. And so forming words was difficult for him and he had never learned to do that. And so through the help of a speech therapist and lots of work, Philip now is fully verbal. There's this sense though, that I think when I have shared that story before that people have been taught that in this miraculous event, that this experience of Jesus healing, that he should have just been healed all the way. He should have just miraculously been able to speak. And 
most of the time that's not the case. And and I'm connecting that to this Lazarus story because I want you to pay attention to something that happens at the very end of this story. So Jesus says, Lazarus come forth. And it says the man who died came forth. He was still bound hand and foot with the wrappings and his face was wrapped around the cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. You see, there's this piece of the puzzle where yes, we see Jesus respond with the miraculous. But there's also this piece of the puzzle where we have a responsibility to work out our miracle and to put the work in. And sometimes I think we forget that. We just sit back and say, okay, I'm going to pray for God to intervene. And when he does, we don't recognize the opportunity or the responsibility that we have to continue working out this miraculous event that Jesus started and and we miss it we miss this opportunity for the miracle because our expectation is that Jesus is just going to do all the work for us and the reality is is that's not the example we always see in scripture now sometimes does that happen a hundred percent I mean we do see some miraculous instantaneous healings but more often um you know if if Jesus shows up and he heals in a way that is different than we expect or that requires something of us, some work, some energy, some effort, sometimes we can miss it. And that's what I kind of want to point out. We're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about our role in our miracle. Stay tuned. The stone was rolled away and Jesus speaks life into Lazarus's dead body. But there's this element of Jesus working, and it's despite our thoughts on the matter. I mean, with or without our belief or our help, we see this example of Jesus going to be at work. Our expectation, or, or Martha and Mary's expectation in the story, was that Lazarus was going to stay dead. And Jesus, because of the way he loved them, was going to be at work, because that's just who he is. So we can either acknowledge it and be a part of what he's doing, or we can question it. But either way, he is who he says he is. And so this role that Jesus plays in our miracle, there's also the role that we play. Lazarus needed unwrapped. And sometimes we need to unwrap our miracle. Sometimes we need to acknowledge it, to work through it. And realize that sometimes it might not even look the way we thought it would or should. And so how does that happen? For me, that happens through time and prayer, asking the Lord to speak into those areas of my life that I can sense that he's doing some healing work in. But healing a lot of times is a process before it comes to completion. And there's a way that we can put some legs to that. But there has to be an intention there. And so as we kind of wrap up our time focusing on Martha's role and her response in this story, there's a couple of things I'm going to leave you with to think about. And we will revisit some of the story next week because we're going to study Mary. But there's some key points that I want you to pray through in the meantime. Because Jesus is the resurrection, there will be things that he will redeem and restore if you let him, it's who he is. And it's our role to share those things with others when he does that. And so 
when the world sees the restoration of the things that were once dead in your life, they will respond to the one who did the restoring. And so my hope is that you would make a plan to share with at least three people what God is doing in your life and what you're learning. And even right now, I want you to think of their names and bring them to your mind so you can pray for them this week. This is the last miracle that Jesus performs before his, his death. And again, this is in a culture where women were not permitted to be a witness in a court of law. Yet Jesus chose to perform this miracle in such a way that the two women will be part of the testimony itself. And all these onlookers, there's no doubt of that. And so in addition to that, we see Martha declare Jesus in one of the most profound and bold declarations of the identity of Jesus in all of scripture. Why? Because when he speaks to her, despite her impulsive and emotional self, she hears. Father God, thank you that despite our flawed temperaments and personalities and rebellion sometimes, that you still choose to involve us and use us in your plan. God, I thank you for the story of Lazarus and Martha and Mary and how you were at work in this family, in this community, this community that needed hope. God, I thank you that your timing is better than our timing. And I thank you that even when we are angry and we doubt and we question what you're doing, that you are still at work in the midst of that mess. God, help us to recognize the things in our life that you have started a healing work in and help us to recognize our role and our responsibility to continue that process of healing. God, thank you that you evolve us in what you're doing. I pray for my friends this week as they go into the weekend um, that they would recognize the people that you have called them to reach out to and share with the things that you're doing in their lives. We thank you that you are not just... Um, the one who was resurrected, but that you are the resurrection. We thank you and praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, 
I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.